Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support a ton. It really means a lot to me. We got a massive episode in this one. We're going to be talking about some trades, uh, some NBA rumors. There may be trades even happening during this episode. I'm recording this currently. It's 12.43. The trades have officially opened. There hasn't been uh, any moves since then, but there could be trades happening. We're going to talk a ton of stuff about the NBA draft. We're going to do my big board, my mock draft, potential draft steals, potential draft bust, and then NFL. It's going to be a great episode. So yeah, let's get right into it. First, talking about Dennis Schroeder becoming a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. So Dennis Schroeder, even though the trade is not officially through yet, uh, it's a done deal that Dennis Schroeder will be traded for uh, the 28th pick in the NBA draft and Danny Green. I think this is an absolutely phenomenal move, a steal for the Los Angeles Lakers. They get even better after winning a championship. I'm still so confident in them to repeat, and this just gives me even more confidence. Uh, The thing that they were really lacking last season, even though they were so successful, was that true third guy. And Dennis Schroeder could definitely be that. He's coming off an excellent uh, season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think it was an absolute robbery that he didn't win uh, sixth man of the year. I think that was ridiculous. He was amazing. His shooting was much better in previous seasons. And overall, he just played excellent basketball. Uh, Did fall off a little bit in the playoffs, which is a bit concerning as he's kind of had a history of doing that. But, I mean, the regular season, he averaged 18.9 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 4 assists on 47% from the field, 38.5% from 3, and 84% from the line. Coming off the bench, he was just so, so good. He really improved his catch-and-shoot, three-point shooting, uh, and shot like 41%, and overall shot five a game, 38.5%, which is by far his best a three-point shooting season, and that's obviously been a consistent worry about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and I just love that they get another guy who can uh, playmake, who can uh, create his own shot, because that was the one big thing that was consistently lacking with this team, is a third guy who can really score, can create his own shot, uh, and can playmake for others. So now when you have LeBron off the court, you got another guy that you can rely on. And he's a guy who can play a multitude of different roles. He can be a catch-and-shoot guy, as he proved to be a lot better at that. He can be... Uh, off the bench he can also start if there's injuries or if they just feel it's the better matchup I absolutely am in love with this fit I honestly didn't even think they were going to even be able to get him I was more of a fan of the Derrick Rose idea because I just thought his value was lower but the fact that they were able to get Dennis Schroeder and they really didn't have to give up that much value I think this is a beautiful move for them they only had to give up the 28th pick which even if they were going to draft they were probably going to draft a veteran point guard maybe a guy like Malachi Flynn and then you already get a veteran point guard who's proven in this league, who's going to be 27 going into his next season. He's just a solidified guy who's proven he's very, very solid. He's also going to be in a contract year, so he's going to be out to prove uh, a lot of things and uh, prove that last season wasn't a fluke. So that's just even more motivation for him to be better. And yeah, I think this is just an excellent move, a steal for the Los Angeles Lakers. And on the Oklahoma City Thunder side, uh, I'm a little bit confused about this trade, to be honest. Uh, I understand getting a pick, especially in this draft where the top isn't very heavy, but there's a lot of guys uh, later in the draft that could make an impact. Maybe you could draft a a high-ceiling guy like Jaden McDaniels uh, at that pick, or maybe you could draft a high-floor guy. Uh, that could just be very solid. Maybe someone like Xavier Tillman or something like that. Or you draft a shooter like Isaiah Joe. Uh, there's a lot of things they can do with that draft pick. I'm a big fan of the depth 
in this draft. I think that's super underrated just because it's a very weak class at the top and there's not really a solidified number one guy and so many different guys could be the best guy in this draft. A lot of people think this draft is weak, which again, as far as uh, top guys, star power, it's definitely a weak draft. But as far as depth, this is a very, very deep class. So they could uh, make a good pick at 28, and they've had a good history with drafting. I love the Darius Baisley pick last year. That was a later pick. Uh, so I definitely understand that. And then Danny Green, uh, it's already come out that he's not going to play uh, any time with the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I makes uh, I think makes complete sense. They're going to be in the tanking direction. So hopefully you can probably just get... Uh, another matching contract with that uh, and then maybe just like a second round pick or something or maybe another late first round pick if a team wants to dump a contract to them uh, and that does make sense but I just feel like you could get more value out of a guy like Dennis Schroeder because Dennis Schroeder again is a very very good player uh, I do understand the rationale still though because this also does help the Lakers which they're going to appreciate because anything that helps the Lakers is going to hurt the Clippers and obviously they want the Clippers to be as bad as possible they want them to lose Kawhi and Paul George because they have so many of their picks for many many years and this does still give them a lot of flexibility uh, for the now and the future. Uh, they have so many assets for whenever a star player is available and they're ready to win now, they're going to be the team that has the best offer, basically no matter what, for a star on the market. They're also going to have cap flexibility in the future. I'm sure they'll get some nice assets uh, for Chris Paul. And then they're probably just going to go in a direction towards tanking. Uh, they hired a new coach who's been a longtime assistant there, and it just makes sense for them to go in that tanking direction. Uh, it was a really fun season from them last year. Dennis Schroeder was a big part of that. Uh, but I think it's just time to move on. Uh, if they can get maybe the 10th pick out of the uh, Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul, or they could get a guy like Kelly Oubre, I think that's really good for them. And they could definitely get some nice young assets that will help the team. Uh, and if they go in a tanking direction, they're going to have so many other teams pick. Uh, they're going to have basically all their own picks, and then they'll keep the flexibility to either trade for a star or... Uh, be a team that can also sign a star as well with cap flexibility as long as they don't take on any huge time contracts. So I do uh, like that for them. Uh, but I wish they just could have got a little more value out of Dennis Schroeder. Not the worst trade, though. Uh, and I think it does make sense for them. Uh, next, we're going to talk about James Harden. He could potentially be a member of the Brooklyn Nets. He hasn't officially requested a trade yet. And he said uh, he's locked in on the season. And the Houston Rockets have uh, continue to give off that energy as well but uh, a destination that has been rising up his list is to join his uh, former teammate Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving uh, on the Brooklyn Nets which I think would be a very very interesting move as obviously you have three of the most talented offensive players in the league and in NBA history in that there is so much top tier scoring there that it would just be ridiculous to stop like having to stop two of the most unguardable players in the league and Kevin Durant and, and James Harden then Kyrie Irving being your third option that just sounds so unfair but at the same time you also have to consider that that is a difficult thing to do having three players who are so good and need the ball in their hands 
uh, how those three players will coexist. Because if you think about a team like the Warriors, where you could try and make that parallel, Klay Thompson obviously doesn't need the ball in his hands. Steph Curry's one of the best, if not the best, off-ball player of all time. Uh, and Kevin Durant did show a willingness to be off-ball as well. Where this team, Kyrie Irving, definitely an on-ball player, and his best ability is his ability to create his own shot, to handle the ball, uh, and do stuff like that. James Harden, is his best ability is to ISO, is to be used in the pick and roll, where he has the ball in his hands. He hasn't been much of an off-ball player in his career for a long time now, even though he did show the ability early in his career. He just hasn't shown that in a while. So I think the fit would definitely be weird between those three guys. But at some point, it's like you have such high top-tier talent that you'd think it'd work out. Uh, it would definitely be just super interesting for them. Uh, and honestly, though, I would like for them to trade for a guy like Drew Holiday much more. Uh, and I think it would just make more sense because you could still keep a lot more depth. Uh, and their big, big issue is on the defensive side of the ball. Kevin Durant is their best wing defender, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving is never going to be a good defender uh, in his career just at any point. And they do have good rim-protecting centers, but that wing defense is very weak. The guard defense uh, would be... Uh, diminished because you'd be trading a lot of your good guards uh, and James Harden is a solid defender but he's definitely not uh, good enough where that wouldn't be a massive concern is them on the defensive side of the ball so I'd like to see them honestly just try and trade for more role players guys uh, like Drew Holiday who could be a star level player if they could try and get a defensive four I think that could be super useful for them as uh, that's where they really lack for me is that three four position on on the defensive side of the ball, a guy who can just catch and shoot, uh, can play defense, and just be fine accepting that role of not really having the ball too often. I wish they had some more uh, cap flexibility because if they could, say, get a guy like uh, Jeremy Grant, that would be just the pitcher-perfect fit, but you're probably not going to have enough uh, cap space to do that. Or if you could get a guy maybe like Serge Ibaka, I think that'd be another good one, but he'd have to be uh, accepting to get the mid-level exceptions. Uh, so the Nets can definitely make a lot of moves. I'm not a big fan of the James Harden move, even though obviously you get a ton of top-tier talent. You get three of the most offensively talented players to ever touch a basketball. I just don't like the fit, and I don't like how much def depth you'd have to give up. Because if, if you're getting James Harden, you have to give up Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, probably Jared Allen, a ton of first-round picks, maybe some other pieces as well. Maybe you even have to get a third team involved and have to give up more assets. And uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have both had a long history with injuries, so I think it's important for the Stets team to try and keep depth. I think it's important for them to try and keep a guy who is a really, really solid point guard in someone like Spencer Dinwiddie uh, if Kyrie Irving does get injured because he's had a long history of knee injuries. So you want to keep a reliable backup in someone like that. And I also just think if James Harden is truly going to be available, I think a lot of other teams could make better packages. Because, like, Karis LeVert, very, very solid. Will probably be around an 18-point score uh, in his peak. Solid shooter, decent defender, uh, solid playmaker as well. Spencer Dinwiddie has kind of already hit his peak. And he's a very solid player, around a 20-point score, about 5.5 to 6 assists. Uh, plays good defense type of guy. Uh, Jared Allen will be a rim-running center who can block shots, get rebounds, catch lobs, do all the traditional things that centers do. And those are all solid pieces. And then the picks, uh, those could be valuable in the future just because uh, they're 
only on three-year contracts with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and James Harden is on a two-year contract, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so that could have some value in those picks. But I think if you're getting someone like Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia 76ers, who I think the 76ers definitely would be willing to give up if James Harden was truly available, I think that alone trumps everything in that because I think Ben Simmons, with the spacing that the Houston Rockets have, could be one of the best players in the entire league. Already a ridiculous defender who can guard one through five, someone who uh, is amazing at attacking the basket, uh, is incredible in transition, excellent playmaker, uh, and like I said, that alone I think is a much better return because you go from getting just solid players and some picks that could be something, could not be anything, to getting a bona fide already top 20 player in the league who is only going to go up from here and would fit beautifully with the Houston Rockets. So that's a direction I would try and go in if you truly are tra- trading James Harden, which I think you should do. I know they're trying to hold on. They want to keep him. Uh, And he said he's locked into the season. And it makes sense because they have picks uh, in the future that go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they don't want to just tank. And that would uh, suck for them to have to. But you're in a position right now where Russell Westbrook has already requested a trade. You're really not going to get much value for him. And it's not like you can just keep him. uh, Because you should never keep a player who's unhappy uh, on a team. I just think that is always a bad decision when someone tries to do that. you got to get rid of Russell Westbrook if he wants to be gone. And at best, you're probably going to get a couple nice role players and maybe a pick. Uh, So you're just going to be in the same position where you're going to be a good team because James Harden is that good. James Harden is so excellent. But again, you're just going to be a good team. You're never going to be able to hit that next level. You're going to be either a first or second round exit every year. And teams like the Lakers who are better now are going to continuously beat you. And then teams like the Mavericks with such bright futures could beat you now and are going to be better than you in the future. There's going to be upcoming teams like the Phoenix Suns, like the Pelicans, like the Memphis Grizzlies. And you're just going to be stuck in this place where you have aging players on your contract on your roster who will be on expiring contracts uh, and you're just not going anywhere and that will put you in even a worse situation than just giving up on the whole James Harden thing if you hold on and then he just leaves in free agency especially then you're screwed for so so long so yeah I would trade James Harden I just don't think the Nets is the fit I think the 76ers would make a lot more sense if they end up doing it Now we are going to get into some 2020 NBA draft stuff. I've worked so, so hard. I've spent like over 100 hours on this NBA draft. It's been a gauntlet. I've done like, I swear I've done like six different versions of my mock draft, trying to refine it. I've changed my big board around so much, but I have some final stuff. So yeah, first, let's get into my draft big board. We... I've scouted 75 players, and this is my big board for these players that I've scouted. Uh, Number 75, we got Miles Powell. I'm just not a big fan of his game at all, if I'm being completely honest. I think he's a very inefficient scorer who is pretty one-dimensional as a player. Uh, Maybe would be worth uh, putting in the G League, hoping you can develop him uh, to maybe trying to be like a Jordan Clarkson type of guy. Uh, But yeah, I'm not a big fan of his game. At 74, we got Philip Petrusev. Uh, He's a player who is good at what he's good at. He's very good around the basket, good post player, has shown the ability to shoot the ball a little bit, 
And I would definitely, uh, if I was an NBA team, trying to get him, if he goes undrafted, uh, put him on a two-way contract, trying to get him developed. And if he can end up shooting the ball, then he'll carve out uh, a role for himself in the NBA. But I think at his best, he's going to be like a player who's between like the seventh and tenth man in the rotation. So yeah, that's why I have him there. Uh, 73, we got Austin Wiley. He does have some very intriguing skills. Very good rebounder. Can block shots very well. Gets to the free throw line at a crazy rate. Uh, but I'm very concerned about his injuries. Something he's consistently deal with. And he's really just never got the opportunity to completely prove himself because of those injuries. He's really just not played... Uh, that much and with someone who has a size with him being a pretty big and physical player you're always going to be very very worried about injuries like that so yeah that's why I have him so low I think he's more talented than this spot but I'm just very worried about those injuries at 72 I got Nick Richards uh, reminds me a lot of JaVale McGee very very similar player uh, someone who's pretty one-dimensional uh, can rebound the ball well, can block shots, is a really good athlete, great uh, lob target, can finish at the basket well. But that's kind of all, uh, especially when you're uh, thinking about this modern style of basketball where we want centers to be able to shoot the ball more, we want centers to play make. Uh, he just doesn't really fit that, but he can definitely carve himself a role as an energy guy off the bench who will probably never be a big minute type of guy, but could maybe come in and give you like uh, eight minutes where he's just playing really hard, he gets some blocks, gets some uh lobs and does stuff like that so yeah he'll be good at that but his playmaking is atrocious and that's the thing that worries me the most and his jump shot though actually looking like uh pretty nice and him being able to shoot the mid-range decently uh he hasn't really shown on a consistent basis that he's going to be a good shooter so yeah that's why i'm so low uh at 71 i got Na Najee marshall he's a pretty decent score but he's a little bit inefficient and honestly just isn't the most flattering player as far as far as the skills like he's decent he's solid uh, and I think, again, he's another guy. There's so many guys in this draft who, though I don't think they'll ever be, like, the best player by any means, I think they could carve themselves out a role, uh, especially just late later in this draft, uh, if you get him as an undrafted free agent and put him uh, in the G League. I have him compared to a guy kind of like Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown is a decent player, so... Uh, yeah, he definitely has to develop that jump shot, though. That jump shot is by far the biggest thing that's holding him back. Was a really bad shooter uh, in college and has got to improve that. But he has some intriguing skills for sure. At 70, I got Nathan Knight. He was a really, really exciting player to watch uh, while I was scouting. Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to be realistic about his competition, first of all. Very, very bad at William & Mary. Uh, just didn't face many good guys at all. He was absolutely just physically dominating everyone because he had such an advantage uh and his game is really not much of a modern game he does have some nice uh intriguing modern skills with his ability to handle the ball with his nice jump shot his ability to shoot uh but he's pretty slow footed uh and will probably get eaten alive in the pick and roll kind of reminds me a bit of like a zach randolph type of guy who was very impactful during his time but i don't think would really fit that well in the modern nba shooting has got to become more consistent because uh, if he's going to carve himself a role in the NBA, it's going to be a, someone who can be a versatile guy, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And if he could sh shoot consistently, then he'll definitely be able to carve himself out a role. But his defensive uh, issues definitely worry me, and yeah, that's why I'm so low. At 69, I'm very, very low on this player compared to almost everyone else. Uh, I have Yudoka Azubuke. I'm just not a fan of his game at all. I think he's going to get drafted a lot higher than I have him in my big board. 
Uh, but I just don't think his style of basketball will transition that well. Absolutely atrocious three uh, free throw shooter. One of the worst free throw shooters I've ever seen. Shot under 50%, which is just going to be a huge liability when whenever he's in the game. Especially, he's never going to be able to play crunch time minutes unless he gets that figured out. Because teams are just always going to foul him in the crunch time. And he is a very efficient offensive player who is really really strong he's seven foot 270 pounds seven five wingspan like he has a really nice build uh, and he's again just super strong he can uh, be a lob target as well can block shots just but he just has a super traditional game uh, and that shooting just must improve 44 percent from the free throw line is absolutely unacceptable has never shown any ability to shoot the ball uh, can't really play make at all either can't uh, really dribble doesn't have any of a face uh, face up game uh, he's a poor defender in uh, space and in the pick and roll has pretty heavy feet and yeah I'm just pretty low on Yudoka Azubuke compared uh, to most people I see I'm just not a fan of his game if I'm being completely honest uh, next, we got Caleb Wesson. There's a lot of centers in this range that can all be pretty interchangeable, and I think could all carve themselves out a role in the league, but I just have them uh, pretty low. Uh, Caleb Wesson, he can shoot the ball very well, shot the ball uh, excellent, 42.5% from three, but that may not be sustainable. He didn't take a great amount, and he didn't shoot them from super deep. They were mostly on the line, and they were mostly pretty wide open uh and catch and shoot out of the pick and pop which is obviously very valuable being a player who can work well in the pick and pop is very very nice uh but he needs to cut down on his turnovers for sure that's a big issue uh his conditioning is something that definitely concerns me as at one point in high school he was reportedly 325 pounds uh he's definitely cut down the weight a lot and that's helped but he's still 6'9 270 uh he's a uh, far from the most athletic player, uh, which definitely could be helped by him cutting off a little bit more weight. Uh, he really doesn't run the floor well. He's almost always the last guy up uh, when they're running the fast break. Uh, and he may struggle to guard in space as well with quicker players. Uh, and yeah, his overall his potential is just limited due to that lack of athleticism. But he does have some intriguing skills that I do like. Always love big men who can shoot the ball. He can pass uh, pretty well as well. And he's a high IQ guy. Uh, and yeah, I like Caleb Wesson, but I just have to have him this low to do, due to that lack of athleticism. Uh, next, I got Karen Maine. He definitely has some intriguing skills that I do like, uh, but did play against some questionable competition, uh, which is honestly the thing that does worry me the most, uh, is that he played against very questionable competition. Uh, but he can uh, be a good defender. He has some uh, pretty nice size and length for a guard. He's a really good ball handler, works well in the pick and roll, does a lot of the traditional things that you like a point guard to do. He uh, has improved a lot as a shooter, even though it's still not something that I'm very, very confident in. Uh, and I think it's probably just going to be average. Uh, he's not a very good finisher around the rim because he can be really out of control, which can lead to some bad shots, lead to some turnovers. Uh, and I just think he'll be a solid player who's going to need some time to develop. Uh, if a team could get him on a two-way contract, put him in the G League, let him develop. I'm compared to DeLon Wright, and DeLon Wright is a solid, solid point guard. Uh, so, yeah, I think he does have some potential. Uh, and, yeah, Caramain is a decent player. Uh, next, we got Marcus Howard, someone who can really, really score the ball. A ridiculous scorer in college. Uh, he's shot the ball incredible as well. 
shot over 40% from three for multiple years on around 10 attempts per game, which is just absolutely elite and incredible stuff from him. Uh, he can also uh, handle the ball very well, does a great job breaking down defenders, isn't just a catch-and-shoot guy on threes as well, can really hit them off the dribble, has shown some impressive ability to hit uh, difficult step-back, sidestep threes. He's just a natural bucket. Uh, but my worry about him is that he, at the end of the day, is a very undersized point guard, 5'11", 175 pounds. He's going to be a defensive liability, uh, not only due to his uh, size and uh, lack of strength as well, but his defensive effort and IQ can be very questionable. Gets lost, lost off ball far too often. Uh, also has tunnel vision frequently, misses open teammates, isn't a good defender, uh, isn't a good playmaker, I mean, at all. Uh, and yeah, he's just one of those undersized point guards who fits very well in the college style of basketball, but we've seen so many players like him who've had very illustrious college careers just completely burn out in the NBA. He definitely has potential to be like Jimmer for debt, which obviously is not a good sign, uh, by any means. Uh, but he could also be like a current day Isaiah Thomas, which isn't that good of a player and is a player who's uh, been in and out of the league. It's a defensive liability, but could have a role as an explosive guy off the bench uh, who can score the ball uh, and just bring value in that who can really shoot. Could be a guy like Carson Edwards as well, Brandon Knight. Those are all three of my comparisons for him. Uh, just explosive guys who could score the ball off the bench. Uh, at 65, I got Jalen Harris. Uh, I like Jer Jalen Harris's game. He's just uh, a decent player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he can shoot the ball decently. Uh, he's just kind of well-rounded and solid at everything. Uh, but he's not really that special. I kind of have him compared to, like, Alec Burks. Uh, just another pretty well-rounded, decent player. Uh, he can shoot the ball well, especially off the dribble. Uh, I'm, that's probably the most impressive part of his game uh, is that he's very, very good at shooting off the dribble. Uh, but I just don't know what his role is really going to be in the NBA. Uh, he can take some bad shots at times. And, yeah, I just think he's going to be a decent player, probably a late rotation guy, uh, maybe in and out of the G League, stuff like that. Uh, next, at 64, you have Skylar Mays. He's someone who is an older player. Uh, and who definitely has very, very strict uh, limitations, do... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. The Thunder just traded Chris Paul. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a break and talk about this. The Phoenix Suns are finalizing a deal to acquire Oklahoma City All-Star guard Chris Paul. Yes! This is so exciting. Uh, this is what I expected. We're going to take a break from the... Uh, big board stuff right now. This is so, so exciting. I talked about this in my last podcast. I absolutely love the fit with Chris Paul uh, and the Phoenix Suns. I think it's a beautiful fit. I think he's going to help them be a playoff team. Uh, I think he perfectly fits in as a guy who can mentor young guys. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's game will be completely unlocked with Chris Paul. Devin Booker will just continue to ascend and get even better. Oh my goodness, I love this fit so much. This is so exciting. This was rumored a lot, uh, and I was kind of expecting it to happen, but to see it officially happen is really, really exciting stuff. Uh, we'll see what they actually get for it. I expect it to be some a mix of Kelly Oubre, uh, mix of Kelly Oubre, uh, what is his name, Ricky Rubio, uh, maybe a young guy, a pick. 
Wow, this is really, really exciting. Chris Paul is going to be excellent for the Phoenix Suns. I think he's going to make them a playoff team. Oh, man, this is this is our really big trade that we we're all waiting for. That first, like, hour where the NBA uh, trades were open, everybody was so disappointed, and now we get to see a big trade like this. Uh, yeah, I'll come back to you when... Uh, the details are finalized on the trade, but yeah, we just got news of Chris Paul being a Phoenix Sun. That's very, very exciting stuff. All right, back to my big board. Uh, I have Skylar Mays next. He's a 23-year-old, 6'4", 205-pound guard out of LSU. Uh, he's just a very, very well-rounded player. Can do uh, a lot of different things just solidly. Can shoot the ball very, very well. Very good free-throw shooter. Uh, but he is a super old prospect with him uh, being 23, and he's super limited as an athlete, uh, undersized for a two-guard, and it's just basically all his physical attributes that limit his game the most. He's a well-rounded, smart player who can do a lot of different things very nice, but is uh his potential is just super limited due to that age due to that lack of athleticism but i think uh as an undrafted free agent a team will definitely give him a chance and i think he could come in and make a, an immediate impact even if he's like the 12th man on a bench who just comes in and plays once a while as a shooter if he goes to a team maybe like the mavericks if he goes to a team like the warriors who could use uh more shooting off their bench as even though they have such uh, great shooting in their backcourt. Their shooting basically everywhere else is very questionable. I think he could make a big impact in that. Uh, but he's just never going to be the greatest player due to his uh, limited potential. Uh, oh, oh, okay. We got we got the official uh, Chris Paul trade. The deal sends Chris Paul, Abdul Nader, to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first round pick. Sources tell ESPN. Okay, let me. <laughs> this is gonna be. This podcast is gonna be a little bit everywhere right now. Uh, but this is a very, very exciting thing to happen. Uh, and I think this is uh, a good trade for both sides. So, like I said, the. Uh, the Suns get an established point guard who's been a winner for years now, even though he hasn't won on the championship level yet. He's been a consistent playoff guy who's just super smart, is obviously one of the smartest players to ever touch a basketball. Uh, and then on the on the Thunder side, I, I'm a big fan of this trade. Kelly Oubre, really nice young wing uh, who can shoot the ball pretty well, is very athletic, good in transition, good defender, coming off an excellent season uh, for the Phoenix Suns. He was really, really good for them. Uh, you take a flyer on a guy like Ty Jerome, who was drafted late uh, in the first round last year, is a bigger point guard with some intriguing skills, with the ability to handle the ball, work in the pick and roll up be a shooter as well. Jalen LeCue, a guy who is very athletic, does have some potential. Uh, if he can continue to develop in the G League, I actually think he can be a pretty solid player. And then they get a 2022 first-round pick. Uh, first-round picks, always super valuable uh, and always something that teams are going to use. And this definitely shows the direction that the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, are going in. They're yeah, they're going to be going in a very big tanking direction, develop young guys. We'll probably see a lineup 
uh, like Shea. We're going to see a lot of Darius Baisley. Kelly Oubre is going to be a huge focus on their lineup. Maybe they can try and trade someone like Steven Adams, even though I don't think he really has much value at all. We're just going to see a lot of young players playing. They're probably going to be awful, uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually think that's a good thing for the direction of their team in the future, especially in an absolutely stacked 2021 free agent. Uh, not free agency, even though the free agency is stacked, a 2021 draft that has so many talented guys, if they could get their hands on someone like Cade Cunningham, oh my goodness, that'd be ridiculous. There, There's a lot of incredibly talented upcoming prospects in these next couple drafts. They have so many, uh, they have control on so many uh, other teams' picks. They have like three first-round picks in this draft. Yeah, the Thunder have set themselves up absolutely beautifully and i love this move for both sides i think it's absolutely perfect on yeah i'm very very excited to hear it super exciting stuff right there okay <laughs> let's get back to the big board for like the third time uh next i got trent forrest uh, a solid prospect who can do uh, a little bit of everything, especially on the defensive side of the ball. His defensive ability is very, very impressive. Uh, is great at getting in passing lanes. I think he's going to be one of the best uh, just like energy players that comes out of this class. Uh, can chase uh, down and get some exciting blocks here and there. Uh, and I just love his ability to force turnovers, make plays, get out in the fast break. Uh, super aggressive on-ball defender who will really annoy teammates. Also has uh, some... Uh, really nice floaters and runners. Uh, I love his floater game. He has a pretty good vision as well. Super unselfish player. Uh, and I just like his game overall. I think he's uh, very solid. Definitely needs to improve uh, as a three-point shooter. And I think that'll be the make-or-break thing from him just being a decent player to him potentially being a very good player. I'm up compared to DeAnthony Melton, which I think is a perfect comparison. Uh, two guys really good on the defensive side of the ball have uh, similar size as well, similar profile, uh, but can't really shoot the ball. And DeAnthony Mellon has carved himself a role in the league. He uh, has been very solid for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So, yeah, uh, I do like Trent Forrest, especially another guy uh, undrafted on a two-way contract. If you develop his shooting, he's going to be a really nice role player for some team. Uh, next, I got C.J. Ellaby. He was in a big role at Washington State on a very bad team that hurt his efficiency a ton, but he does have some uh, nice skills as a guy who can shoot the three ball, a guy who can create a shot a little bit, can uh, shoot uh, shots off the dribble, can hit uh, step back sometimes. Kind of has a, a little bit of a similar game to like Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Like Kent Bazemore is my comparison for him. Uh, both similar players and somewhat inconsistent shooters but can shoot the ball uh can play defense as well he plays pretty hard on the defense side of the ball uh, i just don't really know how his game is going to transfer uh, and it was just weird seeing him in such a big role because he's not a great ball handler not really a good finisher in traffic uh, and he could also just settle for a lot of bad shots especially just contested mid-range shots when he can't beat his defender uh, and his shot mechanics are very very slow which 
uh, is going to limit him as a shooter as well. Next, I got Tyshawn Alexander. I'm a big fan of Tyshawn Alexander. He is one of my favorite like role players that is in this class. Reminds me a lot of like Catavius Caldwell Pope, a guy who can really, really shoot the ball. Shot nearly 40% from three, shot 86% from the line. Uh, plays hard on the defensive side of the ball as well. Very good perimeter defender who moves well on his feet, uh, gets around screen, gets around screens he can play both guards and he just fits that role of a 3d player any team needs uh but he does lack an elite first step which really limits his ability to finish out the basket and he isn't that good of a finisher as well so that's probably the biggest limit to his game is just he doesn't have great size or athleticism but i do like his skills a lot and i love how he just fits into the modern nba uh, next we got josh hall uh, a very interesting prospect one of the more intriguing ones that could be a second a late second round guy or an undrafted guy because he does have a lot of nice skills uh can shoot the ball well can shoot off the dribble really can handle the ball at his size six eight but he is a bit of an unknown commodity uh as he uh, did play a prep year in high school so quite uh, competition is always going to be questionable uh, when you're doing something like that uh, and then he can have tunnel vision a lot his playmaking is probably his biggest issue uh, and he also has a lot of times where his big lapses on the defensive side of the ball but i think if he's with a team like maybe golden state the toronto raptors who have a good development staff who have good culture i honestly think he can be a really really nice player uh, and I like his potential a lot, but his floor is kind of low. Um, next, I got Mamadi uh, Diakite. Reminds me a ton of Jermichael Green, uh, someone who can shoot the ball decently, uh, can play defense very well, uh, and it's just a nice, well-rounded player who can do a lot of different things. Knows his role, doesn't really take uh, many bad shots, does a really good job uh, as an off-ball defender, rotating to contest shots, helped... Uh, help his teammates and i just like his game a lot again reminds me a lot of jermichael green uh who's by far not a great uh player but is a really nice role player and i think he's going to be a super nice role player for some team uh next i got paul uboa has some super intriguing skills uh especially just as far as his body he has great physical attributes six eight seven three wingspan uh he's has decent strength as well, even though it can improve. Uh, can really run the floor as well. Great at beating slower big men. I think he could be a really good small ball five. Can also rebound the ball very well, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Super high energy player. Uh, does a good job of moving off the ball. Good cutter. Uh, but shooting needs to improve. 25.8% from three. 62.5% uh, from the line. And overall, he just played in a pretty uh, limited role uh, overseas. And he... Is just a bit of an unknown player who I think is worth taking a flyer on late in the second round or as an undrafted guy. Uh, but he is a really raw athlete. Kind of reminds me of Noah Vonley, who was a super high pick and uh, was a, a bust with how he's almost out of the league already. And I don't even know if he was on a team last year. Uh, and if he was, that just shows how little of an impact he made. Uh, next, I got Yamadar. Uh, he does have some very exciting skills. Uh, but his ability to shoot the ball at the point guard position is really, really bad. Uh, he uh, did have like a workout where he shot the ball well. So if he can transfer to someone who can shoot the ball, he's going to be a really nice player. Great defender, works really hard on that side of the ball. Uh, nice playmaker as well, who is pretty smart. Uh, reminds me a lot of Javon Carter, guys who are willing to do a lot of the dirty work 
uh, guard someone up the court. Also has a bit of like Avery Bradley to his game as well. Uh, just needs to improve that three-point shot, and he could be a very solid player because uh, the three-point shot limits his game so much, especially in the pick-and-roll where he's a really good passer, but bigs are going to continue uh, to sag off of him or uh, they're going to go under guards are going to go under the screen uh, if he continues to not be a good shooter so if he can improve that I think he can be very good but if not he's probably just going to be a guy who is going to like go back overseas um, but I do think he can carve himself a role uh, like Javon Carter has and like Avery Bradley has as long as he can shoot the ball decently he doesn't even have to be a great shooter just has to be somewhat of a threat uh, next I got Abdullah Nadoi. Uh, has really good size at a guard at the guard position, six six, seven two wingspan. Uh, works well in the pick and roll. Very good passer. Uh, has a good first step. Finishes at the basket well. And overall, is a really just nice athlete. He's good defensive player as well. Uh, but his shot, I'm pretty unsure of as uh, he did shoot the ball at a pretty high clip. But it was on a low percentage, very uh, little amount of shots off the dribble. Reminds me a bit of Frank Nielkina. Uh, who has been a huge bust for the New York Knicks. But if he can be Frank Nielakina, uh if he's drafted like late in the second round, then that's honestly a nice player. Also has a bit of Thomas Sadoransky to his game. Uh, and yeah, I do like his game uh, a good bit, but he just needs to improve as a three-point shooter, become more consistent uh, at that. Uh, yeah, I do like his game. I think he could be a nice player. And he would be a player who, would, honestly, I'd be happy if my Celtics drafted him late in the second round. Uh, and I even, I'm pretty sure I have a mock there in my mock draft. Uh, next, I got Sam Merrill. Very old prospect with him being 24. Super limited as an athlete. But one thing he can do is he can shoot the hell out of the ball. 41% three-point shooter. Shot 89% for the line as well. Has a really nice form. Runs off screen super well. Uh, but he's just so limited due to his age uh, and his athleticism. He's probably going to have to be hidden on the defense side of the ball. But he does kind of remind me of, like, Bryn Forbes, Langston Galloway, two guys who can really, really shoot the ball. And he's going to carve himself out a role in the league just because of that. Uh, even if he's not a big-time rotation player, if he's just coming in, plays a couple minutes, and is a threat as a shooter, uh, I think that definitely has value. And that's why I have him probably a little bit higher than a lot of people would. Next, I got Jay Scrub, a really raw athlete who has some uh, nice skills. He has a ridiculous 40-inch vertical. He can finish at the basket well. He, uh, he's a really nice first step. Blows by his defenders. Uh, but his three-point shot, something that absolutely needs to be more consistent. He played at a Juco college, uh, so the competition is always going to be questionable. Uh, he has some bad habits with him taking a, a lot of bad shots, being uh, reckless, taking really contested shots. And I think he's going to be... Uh, need to be on a team that has a good culture, has a good development staff, uh, and probably gets put in the G League, uh, and then just learns how to become a more refined basketball player instead of relying so much on his raw athleticism. Uh, but if he can refine his game, honestly, he's probably one of the higher ceiling guys that are going to be available late in the second round. So I think it's absolutely worth it uh, to take a flyer on him for sure. Next, I got Cassius Winston uh, at number uh, 53. He's a guy who can really, really shoot the ball. Shot 43.2% from three. Uh, has been consistently around a 40% shooter on around four or five a game. Uh, he's just a high IQ guy, makes very solid passes, really good playmaker. 
and overall, he's an unselfish guy who I think is going to be a really good presence to any locker room. But he's an older player, very limited as uh, with a size at six one. Is going to be someone who's a bit of a defensive liability, and his offense isn't so great where that uh, defense is something that's really that acceptable. Reminds me a lot of Tremont Waters. Uh, player on the Celtics, someone who can shoot the ball, can be a playmaker, uh, and I think is going to be uh, decent, especially if he's drafted to a team like the Philadelphia 76ers late in the second round, a team who needs shot creation, uh, needs more shooting. If he's put in a limited role uh, and can continue as he becomes a better basketball player, uh, have his role expanded on a team like that, I think that could be a really good fit. But I could also just see him kind of uh, flaming out of the league uh, but I do like Cassius Winston quite a bit. Next, I got Trey Jones. I'm pretty uh, low on him. I just am not a big fan of his game. Uh, he does have some nice skills, but uh, he his size is average. His uh, athleticism is below average. Uh, he isn't really good at finishing. Uh, his three-point shot, very inconsistent. Not a great shot creator. Uh, struggles to finish through contact. Uh, but he can uh, shoot the ball from the mid-range pretty well. Good pull-up shooter, good to pass, uh, good passer, gritty defender. But I think at best he's a backup point guard. Reminds me a lot of Tyus Jones. Uh, and Tyus Jones is a decent enough player who is getting paid like $7 million a year. But he's uh, nothing more than that. Uh, but a lot of teams could use him because teams like the Lakers could use a veteran point guard like that. Uh, who just knows himself and knows his role. A team like the Hawks definitely needs help at backup point guard. A team like the Jazz. Uh, and I think he'll definitely have a, a role in the league like Tyus Jones, but nothing more than that, to be honest. Uh, next, I got Peyton Pritchard. Has some uh, nice skills as a shot creator. Uh, can really shoot the ball very well. Competes on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, can shoot deep. Uh, I, and I just overall really like his uh, shot-making ability. Uh, but... Even though he does compete on the defensive side of the ball, his issues are just that he's undersized. He's probably going to get attacked. Uh, he doesn't have good athleticism really either. He's an older player with him uh, being a four-year player. And though I do like a lot of his skills, uh, he's another guy. At best, is going to be a backup point guard. Reminds me a bit of uh, like Patty Mills, uh, another big-time shot creator who uh, can shoot the ball off the dribble, can shoot the three ball. Uh, and has carved himself a, a very uh, good role, but is nothing more than really a backup point guard. Next, I got Jordan Nawara, someone who has some nice size with him being around 6'8". Uh, can also shoot the ball very, very well. Uh, he has an intriguing ability uh, to just run off screens, shoot the ball, be in the corner, uh, compete on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but he is pretty limited as an athlete. He... Uh, isn't really a good leaper. He's not very fast, which limits him on the defensive side of the ball uh, and also limits his ability to get to the basket, which is probably his uh, biggest weakness is that he's not great at getting to the basket and he's not a good finisher. Uh, but he's definitely going to carve himself a role in the league for sure with just his sheer ability to shoot the ball. He can rebound well uh, and is just smart on the defensive side of the ball. Reminds me a lot of like Cam Johnson, another guy who's just – uh, a four who can shoot the ball, has decent size, uh, but doesn't really do much outside of that. Just knows himself and knows his role. Uh, next, I got Treveland Queen. Uh, I think he's honestly a pretty big sleeper in this draft. He could be someone who goes 
undrafted. Uh, and I think he's definitely worth taking uh, as an undrafted guy if he goes there. He has a really nice jump shot, can shoot the ball well, a uh, versatile scorer who can sh- score at all three levels of the game. Uh, his great hands, does a really good job of p- uh, getting in passing lanes, gets a ton of steals. Uh, and overall, he just has a really nice, well-rounded game. Though he can sometimes uh, fall asleep off the ball, uh, he needs to get to the free throw line more. He needs to be uh, a bit of a better creator. Really didn't do anything in the pick and roll. Isn't a great passer as well. Vision is pretty average. Uh, but I do like him. Uh, reminds me a lot of like Gary Trent Jr., Justin Holiday, two guys who are just uh, 3-and-D wings who can both shoot the ball very well. Really like the Justin Holiday comparison. Justin Holiday is a very solid player who probably will get a decent enough contract uh, in this free agency. He would fit great with a team like the Hawks, uh, the prototypical 3-and-D wing next to Trey Young. And, I yeah, I think he can definitely carve himself a pretty nice role uh, in the league. Next, we got Mason Jones. Uh, he is someone who can score the ball very, very well, gets to the free throw line at a crazy rate, uh, can shoot the three ball both off the catch and off the dribble, has shown the ability to hit those step back, sidestep threes, uh, but he's limited as an athlete, and that's honestly the thing that holds back his game most. Also, is an older player, is 22, uh, needs to cut down on his turnovers as well, doesn't really get to the basket and isn't really a good finisher there, as he does struggle uh, to finish through contact, but he could be a guy like a Malik Beasley type of player, uh, which is my comparison for him, and that is a very, very solid player. I don't think he'll be as good as Malik Beasley, because Malik Beasley is super underrated. He's really good, uh, but if he goes to a team like the Sixers, who needs shooting and scoring off their bench, I think that'd be a really nice fit for him, and I think he can carve out a nice role. Next, I got Ashton Haggins. Very, very similar uh, to a player like Patrick Beverly works really hard on the defensive side of the ball brings a lot of those intangibles with the hustle uh the hard work will be an annoyance be a pester also has a bit of like alfred payton to his game needs to improve as a three-point shooter though i love his ability on the defensive side of the ball great playmaker can handle the ball well but the three-point shot is probably going to be the make or break part of his game even if he can become a Patrick Beverly type of shooter who just shoots the ball in the corner really uh, and doesn't really do anything else. He just takes catch and sh- shoot shots in the corner mostly or at the wing. If he can just do that, then uh, that'll be good enough because uh, his other skills are very intriguing. A team like the Atlanta Hawks uh, could really use him. Uh, definitely a different change of pace from Trey Young would be a really nice backup point guard for them. The Wizards could uh, use him, desperately need uh, defense and then need a backup point guard for the future with Ish Smith being their backup point guard now. And yeah, I do like Ashton Haggins game uh, quite a bit, a very intriguing prospect with some nice skills. Uh, next I got Isaiah Stewart is a big man who can do some nice things. Uh, can score the ball inside very well. Uh, but I'm just not a big fan of his game. He was rated way higher earlier in his career uh, as a prospect, he's kind of fallen off a cliff as a prospect to now being a guy who's going to be a mid to late second round guy. But can uh, block shots, finish at the basket, do a lot of the traditional center things. Uh, but he's not really a great lob target. His jumping ability isn't great. Uh, his three-point shot is something that's still a work in progress, still needs plenty of plenty of work. Uh, he lacks lat- lateral quickness. He isn't a very versatile offensive player. Uh, will probably get uh killed in the pick and roll 
And honestly, again, I'm just not that big of a fan of his game. Reminds me a bit of like Robert Williams, a little bit of Derek Favors in his game. Uh, and he's he's a decent player, but nothing more than that really. He's probably just going to be a rotation big throughout his entire career. Uh, next, I got Vernon Carey. I am very, very low on Vernon Carey uh, compared to most people. I just think he is a one-dimensional player who uh, doesn't really bring that much to the game. Is a very good offensive player who's a good post scorer, can shoot the ball decently, uh, good, just a good interior guy uh, overall, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But he reminds me so much of Ennis Cantor. And that is, again, a decent player who can carve out a role in the league, but is really not much more than a backup big man. He's going to struggle to defend in the pick and roll, going to struggle to defend in space. His weight is something that I've been concerned about. Uh, and his game isn't very modern, even though he has shown somewhat of an ability to shoot the ball. Uh, again, just overall not that modern of a game. Uh, and the more and more I watched tape of him and the more and more I kept doing scouting reports, he just kept sliding and sliding uh, in my big board. I had him as, at like 25 at first, and now he's where he is at my 45th best prospect. I'm, I'm just not that high on him, to be honest. Uh, he was one of my earlier ones, so I thought I'd be a lot higher on him. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about him, but I just simply wasn't really impressed at all. If I'm gonna be honest. Next, I got uh, Zeke Nanaji. He uh, does have some nice skills. Just the traditional big men can rebound the ball, sets good screens, uh, good in post, uh, has some uh, good jump shot form, and has potential as a shooter. Good free throw shooter, which uh, is a good sign. He has good hands. Just a good energy guy. Uh, reminds me a lot of like Taj Gibson. Someone who's going to be a backup big man throughout his career. And I think we'll just bring value as that. Someone who can just play solid rotational minutes will be a good defender, will uh, be a good lob threat. And that's just kind of, uh, it doesn't really have a complex game. Not that hard to explain. He's just uh, he's just a cool player at the end of the day. Uh, next, I got Devon Dotson. A really nice and uh, just solid backup point guard who uh, I think will just carve out a role as that. Uh, he definitely has some nice ability uh, to handle the ball, can play make pretty decently, can score as well. Uh, he scored 18.1 points, averaged four assists, needs to improve uh, his three-point shooting for sure. That's something that's really inconsistent. And he's just uh, a lot worse than a lot of these other point guards. There's just so many good backup point guards that are in this draft that I don't know uh, where he's going to go. I don't know what his value is really because he's a guy who defends uh, well as well, works really hard, really tough player, uh, can finish at the basket well, just needs to become a better shooter. Uh, and I think he's going to be solid. Kind of reminds me of like a bit of like a Darren Collison type of player who is a really nice backup point guard, uh, but he's just going to have to have a role as a backup in the league. Next, I got one of the most underrated prospects in this draft, for sure, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people don't even know about this guy. It's Nate, Hint Nate Hinton. Uh, is someone who is never going to really have like super flashy stats. Uh, and overall, isn't that flashy of a player, but he can shoot the ball well. Really, really nice energy player. Works super hard. Rebounds the ball crazy for a guard. Averaged 8.7 rebounds as a 6'5 guard. Has really good 
uh, size and length, which helps him on the defensive side of the ball. He's great at getting steals, great at getting him uh, passing lanes. Uh, and he is just brings so many nice intangibles that any team would want. He's a super hard worker, and I'm in love with his game. Uh, if a team like the Hawks could get him, uh, I think that'd be absolutely es- excellent for them. Has a lot of like Marcus Smart in his game. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as good as Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is one of like the most valuable, probably honestly the most valuable role player in the entire league. Uh, but I think he's going to be really good, and I think he's going to be a steal. Uh, whoever gets him is going to get a really, really nice player in Nate, Hint- Nate Hinton. Uh, next, I got uh, Cassius Stanley. Cassius Stanley has some really nice skills, can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, I really like his jump shot. It's super smooth. Also, a ridiculous athlete who's incredible in the open court. Had one of the, I think actually may have had the highest vertical in Duke history. He had like a 43-inch vertical. It's crazy. Uh, He's a good defender as well who works pretty hard on that side of the ball. Uh, Definitely could use putting on some weight. uh, And he could uh, be a better shooter as well, just more consistent. Uh, but I do like his ability quite a lot. It reminds me of like Glenn Robinson the third. I think he'll definitely be better than him, but a player who's going to be a nice uh, shooter off the bench, someone who's going to bring some really nice highlight plays to your team, be a good defender as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I like Cassius Stanley's uh, game quite a bit. Now moving on to number 40, we got Elijah Hughes, someone who I think is just going to be a big time spark plug uh, off the bench for whatever team he goes to someone who can really uh, shoot the ball uh, pretty well those percentage uh, you may look at and be like 34 percent that's just because he has a tendency to take a lot of bad shots Uh, he has so much J.R. Smith to his game where he takes so many just ugly shots where sometimes they're going in he's just an absolute flamethrower who's so exciting to watch but he can also be very ugly but I just think he's gonna be a nice player on someone's bench who is gonna come in and sometimes have zero impact at all or he's gonna be a super explosive score and have like a big night if a team like the 76ers get him I think that's a perfect fit uh, and yeah, I really like his ability to shoot the ball. Uh, he's also a great athlete, can block shots excellent, was one of the best uh, at blocking uh, shots as a wing in the entire uh, country for college basketball. Uh, he can hit those tough shots, but he just is a bit of a flamethrower who can take some really ugly shots, but uh, has some nice abilities that I do like quite a bit. Next, I got Emmanuel quickly. I just think he's a perfect uh, prototypical 3 and D guy, could shoot the ball really well, shot 42.8% from three, shot excellent from the line as well at 92%. Uh, he's a decent finisher as well. Uh, I just think he's a very, very solid player who is never going to be near uh, a star player by any means, but uh, reminds me of like Josh Richardson, someone who's just a really, really nice role player. Uh, and I like his game a lot, especially as a second-round guy. Another guy who the Sixers could definitely use. Uh, and, yeah, I just like his game a lot. A combo guard who can do a lot of different things. He, I'm a big fan of him. Next, I got Grant Riller, someone who, though played against very questionable competition, uh, has some worries on the defensive side of the ball, is a very old prospect with him being 24. It's just a straight-up a bucket who is a natural scorer and can really score the ball, and I'm confident that uh, can transition to the NBA. He's just such a good scorer that I can't see a not transitioning. Reminds me a lot of, like, Trey Burke. Has a bit of, like, Fred Van Vliet to his game as well. Not nearly as good as a defender. Uh, but can just really score the ball shot uh, 50% of the field, 36% from three, averaged uh, nearly 22 points uh, in 
uh, at Charleston. Uh, okay, DeMar DeRozan just opted into his contract. These notifications are going crazy. Uh, all right, next, uh, at number 37, I got Malachi Flynn, someone who I like quite a bit. Is someone who is an excellent playmaker for sure. His playmaking ability is so, so impressive. He had one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in college. Uh, really good in the pick-and-roll, which is obviously a super valuable skill as that is by far one of the most used things in the NBA. Can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, has like a lot of Darren Collison to his game. Fred Van Vliet. Is just a really, really nice player. And I think a good team who needs uh, players to impact the game right now at the backup point guard position is going to absolutely love having having Malachi Flynn on their team. Uh, I just love his ability to play, make, to shoot the ball. Uh, Just a really nice player who, even though his potential is limited due to his age, due to his athleticism and his size not being great, I'm just confident. And that he'll be good and that's you don't ever have to be a star player so many players can just carve out a nice role for themselves uh, as uh, a backup and someone who just gets some like solid like five million dollar uh, a year dollar contracts and that stuff is super valuable everybody is so like worried about getting their star for the team but role players are so important in this modern nba so yeah i really like malachi flynn next i got daniel otoro uh he is one of my favorite prospects in this draft is someone who can really really shoot the ball at the big man position uh shot the ball 36 and a half percent from three i love his jump shot form he can also work very well in the post great shot blocker sets good screens does a lot of the traditional center stuff uh, and then his ability to shoot the ball is just really impressive. Uh, I would love for my Celtics to get him. Does remind me, honestly, a bit of like Daniel Tice on the Celtics. And yeah, I really like Daniel Toro's game. Uh, I have him probably higher than I'd say most people do. I have him at 36, and I think he could be a nice player either in the late first round or early second round. Next, I got Reggie Perry uh, at number 35. I like his skill set quite a lot. Uh, reminds me of like. A more like moderate uh, Kenneth Reed slash like Julius Randle type of player. Uh, rebounds the ball very well. High energy and high motor guy. Uh, he does have a solid shooting form, but needs to become a better shooter. Only shot 32.4% at Mississippi State. Uh, he's an NBA-ready body. I really like his size. Him being 6'10", 250 pounds. Can play uh, the uh, the four, but also can play a, a bit of a small ball five type of role. Uh, and yeah, I just like his game a good bit. I think he's just a really uh, nice and solid player who can bring some uh, valuable minutes off the bench for a team. Next, we got Killian Tilly, uh, a player who I think is another super slept on prospect in this draft. Uh, but it's for good reason. It's due to his injuries. Just as a talent, he's a damn near like lottery talent type of guy. But he's had so many lower body injuries that I would be scared as a team uh, to pick him anywhere higher than uh, in the early to mid-second round. Uh, he's a player who has, again, such nice skills. Has like a Danilo Gallinari type, uh, Kevin Love type of skills. But those injuries are so concerning. Uh, but if he can stay healthy, he's going to be excellent. Can really shoot the ball. Shot 40% from three. Has damn near pitcher-perfect uh, shot mechanics. Uh, has very good touch around the rim. Uh, a good rebounder as well. Does a great job of taking small uh, advantage of the smaller players in the post. Can handle the ball. Like He has so many nice skills that I'm in love with. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, but I'm just concerned about those injuries. Other than that, though, I love his skills as a player. He's... Uh, going to be really nice if he could stay healthy. 
Next, I got Nico Mannion. He's one of the players where his stock has dropped uh, the most out of any player. He was a super uh, highly coveted player coming out of college. Uh, and he did show some nice things at college with his ability to play make is a very very solid playmaker works well in the pick and roll uh, can really handle the ball crafty player but his shooting is very concerning only shot at 32.7 percent absolutely needs to become a more consistent uh, shooter uh, and I think he can carve himself a role as like a George Hill Derek Ty- White type of player a nice backup point guard who can uh, play make handle the ball uh, and can do a lot of different things, a scrappy defender as well, but is undersized uh, and has very underwhelming uh, percentages as a shooter. Next at 32, we got Jaden McDaniels, a guy who could definitely be a steal in the draft as he does have a high ceiling, but his floor is also pretty low. He's someone who can hit very difficult shots off the dribble, uh, has great size with him being 6'10", uh, and can really handle the ball for a 6'10 uh, guy, but he's super inconsistent. Uh, his, uh, has foul, his fouling issues. He has just so many issues that worry me. And I am just so worried about him being another guy who's, uh, compared to like Kevin Durant coming out of high school and who has so many nice skills, but he just never develops his game. And he's just another raw athletic player who really just doesn't become much of anything to be honest. Uh, but if he's with a team like the Thunder, maybe, uh, who have, uh, who need help at the forward position and have a good coaching staff who's developed players had players like Luen Stork come out of nowhere Shea took a big step with them I think that could be nice a team like the Heat uh, I wouldn't take him at 20 which is where they are but maybe if they got a second round pick uh, a lot of his issues could be ironed out by that excellent coaching staff they have so yeah I like his potential but he also does have a pretty low floor and that that's what would scare me to take him any higher than the late first to early second round next I got Xavier Tillman Uh, I just think he's gonna be a really nice solid backup big man can play make very well works well in the low post sets good screen finishes uh uh, he's shown some ability as a stretch big. I just really uh, like him as a backup center. Reminds me a lot of like it, uh, Mason Plumlee, Daniel Tice. Uh, and yeah, I don't ever think he'll even be a starting center. But I think he's just going to be such a good backup center that it's worth taking him uh, in the uh, late second, uh, late first round or early second round. Next, I got Paul Reed uh, at number one my at number thirty. Uh, I, I like a lot of his uh, ability. He can run the floor very well, has great mobility and athleticism for him being a 6'9", 220-pound player, uh, can block shots very well, can finish uh, well, good in the open floor, but needs to become a better shooter. That's by far his biggest issue. Uh, and other than that, honestly, he's just a very, very solid and well-rounded player. Reminds me a lot of like Jeremy Grant, who showed a ton of value for uh, the... Uh, for the Nuggets, just needs to become a better shooter. And if he can become that, uh, you can carve out that Jeremy Grant type role. And like I said, we saw his value uh, as a really, really nice player. So I do like Paul Reed quite a bit. Uh, next, I got Thilo Ma- Maladon. 
I think he's just going to be a really nice uh, backup point guard. Uh, he shows good effort defensively. Uh, he's played against very high-level uh, competition, can play make pretty well, has a good feel for the game, works well in the pick and roll. Uh, isn't super athletic, though. Uh, his jump shooting is pretty inconsistent, even though it's shown some good signs and has been decent. Uh, another pl- player who reminds me of like George Hill, reminds me a bit of like Thomas Sadoransky as well. I think he's going to be a really nice backup point guard. Uh, and yeah, just think he's going to be super solid. I like his ability in the pick and roll. I like his feel for the game. I like his ability to play make, and I would definitely take him uh, in the late first round, early second round if I needed a backup point guard. Next, I have another one of my sleeper prospects in this draft. I got Isaiah Joe. Reminds me a lot of like Elijah Hughes. I think he'll be a little bit better than him because I, I like his shooting ability more. But they're both very similar to like J.R. Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a perfect comparison for Isaiah Joe. Someone who can get really hot and can really shoot the ball. He has an excellent ability to shoot the ball. But he just has a tendency to take some awful shots. He takes some like cringeworthy shots that were so frustrating to watch on film. Uh, but can really shoot the ball. And when he's when he's on fire, he can have those ability to hit those step-back threes, shoot from super deep, and just be an absolute flamethrower. Who A team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who uh, needs some, some big-time shot-making, could use a team like the 76ers, the Knicks, could definitely use. And I do uh, like his potential quite a bit, and I think he's uh, definitely being slept on by a lot of people. Uh, next, I got Leandro uh, Balermo. He... Uh, definitely has some nice skills that I really uh, like. Play make well. He has a good first step. Finishes at the basket. Has great size for a guard with him being 6'7". Uh, just overall a pretty intelligent player uh, who uh, also works hard. Never takes plays off. Uh, works well on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, but his shooting needs to improve. Shooting is pretty poor. Has a weird shot form. Only shot 29.3% from three. Uh, and he's going to just be a player who needs time to develop. He's going to need a lot of patience from whatever team does draft him. But if a team like the Toronto Raptors, who has an excellent development staff, does draft him, I think he can be very solid. Reminds me of, a bit of like Justice Winslow, a bigger point forward type of player. Also has a bit of like Joe Ingles to his game, another like 6'7 to 6'8 guy who can uh, play make, who can handle the ball. And I do like his game quite a bit. Just needs to develop and needs uh, time and patience from whatever team. Uh, he's drafted to. Next, I got another player who I feel like is being super slept on uh, in this draft, and I feel like when he gets drafted, people are going to be kind of surprised about how high he gets drafted. I got Wa- Robert uh, Woodard. He reminds me a ton of OG Ananobi. Really good 3 and D prospect who uh, improved as a three-point shooter a ton, has a great build, really strong, uh, good length, can move well on his feet on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's a good slasher as well with a good first step. Uh, he uh, uses his strength to finish through people. Uh, he's great as a one-on-one defender, still, and and is a good re- uh, and is a good team defender as well. Rebounds the ball uh, very good, six point five rebounds per game, getting two point two offensive rebounds per game. Uh, and yeah, I just like his game a lot. I think he's going to be a super solid three and D uh, role player, which literally every team can use. No team is going to see him and be like, oh, we can't we can't use someone like Robert Woodard. Uh, next, I got Precious Achua, someone who has a pretty high potential, but I also feel like does have a pretty low floor. Shooting is very inconsistent. Shot an atrocious 60% from the free throw line, which is not a good sign at all. Can also take some very poor shots at times, which he just isn't uh, very good at. And sometimes 
It seems like he has a bit of a lack of self-awareness for what type of player he is. But he is a player who can rebound the ball very well, very athletic, excellent size, excellent length, uh, can block shots, can play like the small ball five. Uh, and I think he does have all the physical attributes to be a very solid player. Reminds me of like Jeremy Grant, Alfred Caminu, uh, Robert Covington. But it's just that three-point shot that needs to improve. Because if he doesn't improve his three-point shot, he's going to be like Alfred Caminu, who is still a very, very solid player. Uh, by, by, by no means is he a bad player, but he's just going to be a role player. But if he can improve that shot, he could be like Robert Covington. And Robert Covington is one of the most valuable role players in the entire league. So I do like Precious Achua's potential. Uh, he just has a lot of things that he does uh, need to work on and become better at. Next, I got Jamius Ramsey. Another guy who fits in the mold of like the Isaiah Joe type of player. A bit of a flamethrower who is super confident in himself. Uh, and just kind of just has that ability to not care. He uh, can take some wild shots and can be inconsistent. But he did shoot a lot better of a percentage uh, than those other guys like Elijah Hughes and like Isaiah Joe. Just because he does uh, take better shots than them. He uh, has a nice ability to shoot the ball very well. I just am a big fan of his game. Uh, he does have some defensive lapses at times. But I think he can fit in the role as a six-man uh, I think he could even be a starter at some point. If he goes to a team like the Mavericks, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to accept his player option. He can come off the bench and then slide into that Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, the next season. Reminds me a bit of like Norman Powell, another really nice scorer who can shoot the ball. is pretty athletic. Uh, and yeah, I'm just a big fan of his game overall. I think he's going to be a really nice explosive scorer off the bench. There's a lot of guys like this, uh, like that in, in the draft, but I think he's just the best out of those guys. Next, I got RJ Hampton with someone who is super uh, highly coveted coming out of high school, but I was just not impressed with him in the JBL. Uh, his shooting ability concerns me a ton. Uh, he does have really nice size and length for sure with him being 6'5 uh, at the guard position. Works well in the pick and roll. Uh, he has really nice athleticism, has a good first step. is uh, very good at getting to the basket, great in the open court. Uh, light on his feet and can uh, work well as a perimeter defender but does worry me that he could be like the next Dante Exum who is basically just holding on to his spot in the league as someone who is basically only good on the defense side of the ball and really doesn't bring anything on the offense side of the ball so that definitely does worry me a ton but he does have nice potential uh, I'm just not super confident in him at all really as a player uh, and I was so unimpressed with him in the NBL. I wish he played college because I think that could have been a lot better for him. Uh, and, and honestly, I wish he would have played college and maybe even stayed like two years in college. I think he just needs some development. Uh, next, I got Tyler Bay. I feel like he's being super underrated and slept on by a lot of people. A guy who reminds me kind of like um, Matisse Thibault, Trevor Reza, even a bit of like a... Sean Marion, not nearly as good of a scorer as Sean Marion was. He was like a 20-point scorer, uh, but he also has some like Jeremy Grant to his game. Uh, has a lot of nice things that I like a lot. Can rebound the ball very well, both on the offensive and defensive glass. Good frame, good size. Works well in transition. Excellent defender. One of the better uh, defenders, especially at the wing position in this draft. Can shoot the ball very well as well. Just can't really uh, create his own shot. Uh, has almost zero shot-creating ability. Has a very poor handle. 
uh, isn't really much of a playmaker either. So I, he'll never be a guy who's like nearly a star level player for any team, doesn't have that upside. But I think he has really nice potential as a role player for sure. He's going to be really nice. I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Bay's game. Uh, next, I got Josh Green. Fits that uh, prototypical role of being a 3 and D wing. Uh, did have a bit of a disappointing season at Arizona as he didn't shoot the ball uh, probably as well as you'd want him to. Still did shoot uh, 36.1%, but I just like his frame. I like his size. He has uh, some nice versatility. He's 6'6", can play uh, honestly probably like 1 through 3, even though his playmaking isn't great. Uh, moves well off the ball. His three-point shot is developing. He's a high IQ guy. Uh, he's good at getting steals, good defender, like his athleticism a lot. Reminds me of, like, Norman Powell. Uh, has a very similar game to, like, Gary Harris when Gary Harris was better on offense. Because uh, Gary Harris has completely fallen off a cliff on offense. But when he was good, he was very solid. And I think he can go into that role of being, like, a 15-ish point uh, per game score. Good three-point shooter and very good defender as well. Now getting into the top 20 at my number 20 prospect, I got one of my favorites in this draft. Desmond Bain, someone who is just a super smart player, is an older player as he uh, was a four-year guy at TCU, but can really, really shoot the ball. Shot 44.2% from three. Uh, he has a great frame as well, 6'6", super strong. Uh, he's 215 pounds, can rebound the ball well. High IQ player who makes the right pass, average 3.9 assists. Uh, works hard on the defensive side of the ball as well. Basically, his only limitations is that he's an older player. He's not a crazy athlete, even though his athleticism necessarily isn't that bad. Uh, and he's just not that good of a ball handler or shot creator for himself. But he reminds me of kind of like Luke Kennard with much better defense. Has a bit of like Malcolm Brogdon to his game as well. A bit of like Eric Gordon. He He's a very, very solid player. I think a team like the Mavericks... Uh, that's where I have him. I've had him mocked every time I've drafted, uh, done a mock draft. I've changed it so many times. But what's one thing that stayed consistent is that Desmond Bain goes to the Mavericks every th single time. I'm a big fan of Desmond Bain's game. And I just love his uh, 3 and D ability. I think he fits perfectly in that role. Next, we got one of the most confusing players in the entire draft for me. We got Cole Anthony. He's a player who was... A uh, very, very uh, popular player coming out of high school. But I have so many worries about him. Uh, he has a lot of bad habits, can take some very, very poor shots, can be a bit of a selfish player. Also has had some uh, issues with injuries, which is always scary uh, for any prospect when they deal with injuries. Uh, his playmaking isn't really great yet, uh, and, but he does have nice ability. He's super athletic. Uh, he can score the ball off the dribble, has a really nice ability to hit tough pull-up shots that are are very valuable, especially uh, like when a team is late in the shot clock, he can uh, really shoot the ball off the dribble. Uh, reminds me of like current Derrick Rose. Uh, I'm just worried about his game, uh, but he does have some intriguing skills that uh, I think some teams are going to fall in love with uh, and be very tempted to draft him maybe higher than he deserves to be drafted. Uh, did have a disappointing season at UNC, but well, again, was dealing with injuries, was on a very poor team as well. That team was super disappointing, uh, probably the most disappointing team in all of college basketball. Uh, so I'm uh, he's just kind of a wait and see thing for me right now, to be completely honest. Uh, next, we got Alexis Pokusevsky. Uh, he has some very exciting skills that... Uh, really intrigue me, but he also has some things that worry me a ton. He, I think he has the potential to be 
uh, like kind of like Kristaps Porzingis, or he has the potential to be Dragon Bender. He's one of those players where I either think he could be a massive draft steal, or he could be back in Europe in four years. I have no clue. He's seven foot, but is only like 200 pounds. That is so, so worrying. Like, that is terrifying stuff for me. But he can handle the ball crazy for a big man, can play make very well, uh, can shoot, but he played against very questionable competition. His percentages aren't really there, must become stronger. Uh, and yeah, even though he has a super high ceiling, also has a super low floor. Uh, and he's just one of the most like weird prospects in this draft because I think he would be really good. But I also would not at all be surprised if he's out of the league in four years. Uh, he's another just big-time wait-and-see prospect right now. But I think it's worth taking a flyer on him, especially if you're a team that's more solidified. Uh, why not take a guy who has such a high ceiling like uh, Pokusevsky does? Uh, next, I got Sadiq Bey. I really like his game. He's just super well-rounded. Uh, he doesn't really have many big flaws to his game. He's a really good shooter, can handle the ball, uh, can create his own shot, can shoot off the dribble. He's a smart player with a high basketball IQ, uh, can take advantage of players uh, in the post uh, when he has a smaller guy on him. He's very smart on defense, uses the length well, has good size, good length. Uh, he's strong. I He just kind of fits uh, the role of 3 and D wing basically perfectly. If the Trailblazers could get him, I think that'd be absolutely excellent for them. Reminds me of kind of like a bit of like a prime Nicholas Batum. I really, really like Sadiq Bey's game. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, and I feel like he's being a bit uh, underrated by a lot of people. He's just so well-rounded, and he's one of the guys where I never think he's going to be a star, but I'm so confident in Sadiq Bey just being a player who is very good and is around the league for a really long time. Next, I got Jalen Smith. Uh, I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, reminds me a bit of, uh, like, Miles Turner. Has some, like, Robert Covington ability to his game as well. Uh, can really shoot the ball at the big man position. Is 6'10". Uh, can shot the ball at 36.8% clip. Uh, has some really nice shot mechanics. Also, good rim protector. Great rebounder. Uh, just reminds me so much of Miles Turner's game. I think he'd fit excellently on a team like the Pelicans, who are always going to need a stretch of big men next to Zion Williamson. Uh, I think that's absolutely a beautiful fit for them. Uh, and yeah, I just really like Jalen Smith's game. I think he fits this modern NBA perfectly. Would like to see him improve as a playmaker. Um, but other than that, I think he's just a really, really nice player. And his post game isn't great either. But post. Uh, ability just isn't that important in the modern NBA anymore and he's just going to be one of those guys who's going to be a stretch big who can take it inside sometimes uh, and then is going to be a really good defender as well like Jalen Smith's game quite a lot next at number 15 I got Aaron Nesmith is someone who is another one of those players I'm just really confident in him being very good he can shoot the ball straight up crazy shot 52.2 percent from three like absolutely ridiculous stuff from him as a decent defender as well just solid uh but everything that stands out about him is his shooting ability did miss some time with an injury so that shooting might be slightly inflated and obviously he's not going to shoot 52.2 percent but i think he's still going to be a really really good shooter it reminds me a ton of buddy healed uh, and all, those type of players are so valuable and are just always going to be useful for literally any team. I'm just so confident in him being very, very solid. 
Next, I got Patrick Williams, one of the most interesting prospects in this t- entire draft, as he is one of the most highly coveted guys. But if you look at his stats, it's like he averaged 9.2 points, 4 rebounds, and 1 assist on 46% from the field, 32% from 3, and 84% from the line. Like, what? But Florida State has always been known uh, as a team who they kind of just evenly distribute things out between their players. Like, they're uh, most highly coveted player in this draft for a lot of teams, uh, and by far their best player on that college team in Devis- Devin Vassell only averaged like 13 points per game and uh, Patrick Williams did come off the bench as they had a lot of upperclassmen who were very very good on that team and he was a freshman but he has an excellent frame has one of the best physical attributes in the entire draft with him being 6'8 225 pounds uh, has an intriguing ability uh, to run the pick and roll as a forward I really really like that uh, cuts very well uh, does a great job of beating slower big men uh, has a good handle for his size and just has a lot of really intriguing parts to his game. Reminds me of like Paul Millsap. Uh, definitely has a very, very uh, similar game to Paul Millsap. If the Timberwolves, if somehow he slid to them or if they traded up for him, I think that'd be an excellent fit for them. Uh, there's a lot of teams I could use a guy like Patrick Williams. I don't think he's ever going to be a star player. But like so many other guys in this draft, I'm just pretty confident in him being a very decent player Uh, i am worried that if his shot doesn't come along he could just be uh, a player who is good but nothing really that special at all he's just going to be a good defender who has some nice abilities uh, to move off the ball uh, to handle the ball at at the forward position but isn't really um, much else than that but if that shot can come along, I think he can move really, really good. Because that, that his size and strength alone gives me confidence. Uh, next, we got someone who's rose up my board a ton. He's taken a he's taken advantage of this break and this like eight month extra period for this draft so much. I had him as a top twenty five to thirty five prospect at first, and now we look at him. He's my number thirteen prospect. We got Tyrell Terry, someone who can just shoot the ball like crazy shot nearly 41 percent uh and can really shoot off the dribble off the catch contested while moving can shoot the ball in in basically every single way puts an effort on defense he grew two inches during this time uh put on 15 pounds of muscle like he really really took advantage of his time he's known as a super hard worker uh i've heard so many uh people rate rave about uh, just how hard he works, and that's something that's always so valuable, and that just gives me so much confidence in him. I think he's going to be like a better version of Seth Curry, and Seth Curry's already a really good player, but I think he's going to be even better because he can. I think he's going to be able to handle the ball better. I think he's going to be a much better defender as well. Uh, and yeah, I just really, really like Tyrell Terry. Uh, and it, it's been really exciting to hear all the reports of how much he's worked on his game and how much he's improved during this break time because that really shows a commitment to the game that's super valuable uh, in any of these top prospects. Uh, next, I got Tyrese Maxey, someone who I think is going to be a really, really good scorer. Reminds me a lot of like Colin Sexton, uh, just uh, an explosive scorer who can really score in bunches. Uh, Three-point shot was pretty inconsistent uh, in college. Uh, but I think he's going to be really good as a lot of players who have played through uh, with Kentucky throughout the years. 
are always limited, limited, especially as freshmen. We've seen it consistently. Devin Booker, Tyler Hero, and I think we're seeing it with Tyrese Maxey, where a lot of his skills weren't really on full display, but he's drafted to a team like the Magic, who's desperate for shot creation and shot making. I think he could be very, very good for them. Uh, Yeah, I like Tyrese Maxey's game quite a lot. Another guy who's uh, risen a little bit uh, up my board. The more and more I watched him, the more uh, reports that came about him. I really like Tyrese Maxey. Uh, next and number 11, I got Kyra Lewis. Uh, I'm very confident in his ability. Reminds me a lot of Dennis Schroeder. Uh, can really shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, he uh, can shoot it both off the catch and the dribble. Is super fast. That's the thing that stands out about his game the most is his speed. He is one of the fastest players uh, in this entire draft. Can finish at the basket uh, well as well. Is a good shot creator. Very good ball handler. Uh, good in the pick and roll. Just does a lot of the things you'd uh, want as a out of a point guard. Uh, and he definitely uh, could put on some more size, but he uh, uh, he is 6'3", only 165 pounds. That is concerning. Can get bullied by bigger players. Uh, but I just like his game a lot. He, I think he could be a big-time uh, scoring punch. Uh, and I think he's going to be very, very good. Next at my number 10 prospect, we got a guy I'm probably a little bit lower on than most people are. I got Obi Toppin. Now, Obi Toppin is someone who I think is going to be one of those players who can make an immediate impact for sure. Uh, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of his ceiling, to be honest. He moves super slow on his feet on the defensive side of the ball. That's something that concerns me a ton is his uh, defensive ability. He has super heavy feet, but he can shoot the ball well. He is very athletic and is a great finisher, uh, is a great lob threat, uh, really good in the open floor, uh, can rebound the ball pretty decently as well. And again, I'm confident in in his ability to make an immediate impact and be a solid player, but I'm not confident in, in his ability, uh, to be, uh, like an all-star level player. He could be like, uh, just, I think he's going to be a much worse version of John Collins would my, would be my comparison for him. Uh, two guys who do struggle on the defensive side of the ball, but I think John Collins is really, really special on the offensive side of the ball. And I think, uh, Obi Toppin is still going to be good. I think he'll be like an 18 and eight guy shoot, uh, pretty decent percentages, but he's going to be a, a hole on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and that's just a big issue for him. And he's an older player whose ceiling, uh, is limited because of that age. Next, I got a player who, though, uh, I'm very worried about and I think could be a bust. I have Isaac Okoro. He does have some very intriguing skills, for sure. He's an excellent defender, by far the best perimeter defender in this entire class. I don't even think anybody is close to him. He is so, so good on the defensive side of the ball. Works very, very hard, has a really good size, great basketball IQ, is always locked in on that side of the ball, but his... Uh, three-point shooting ability worries me a lot and absolutely needs to improve for him to become a very good player because I think he could be like at at his absolute peak he could be like Jimmy Butler he reminds me of like a young Jimmy Butler before he was really a star player when he was just a very solid player or he could be like Stanley Johnson if his offense doesn't come along Uh, or he could just be in kind of like the middle like OG Ananobi just a very solid uh, role player 
I do like Isaac Coro though. I love his defensive ability. I like his playmaking as well. His playmaking isn't something that is really shown in the stats and didn't get showed off much at Auburn, but he had some really nice passes. He can also handle the ball pretty decently as a size. I'm just worried, though, that that offense may not come along, but I do like him quite a bit as a prospect. Next, I got Devin Vassell. Uh, someone who I'm just super confident in him to be a very solid player. Shot the ball very, very well uh, at its last season in Florida State. Can handle the ball uh, pretty decently. Approve, improved a lot from his uh, first year. He's very athletic, uh, great in the open court, uh, unselfish player as well, who is never going to be someone who's like stalling the offense. Uh, also, very good uh, individual and team defender. Uh, one of the better perimeter defenders in this class. I'd probably have him second behind Isaac Okoro. Reminds me of like Chris Middleton, uh, at, if he improves that uh, shot-making ability a little bit. Kelly Oubre. I do like his game quite a bit, and I think he's going to be very solid. Uh, next, at number seven, I got Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, a player who is never going to be a star player by any means. But I'm so confident in him just being a very, very good player. Uh, he can shoot the ball very well, shot on nearly 42% from three, is a really good playmaker, average six and a half assists per game, uh, can rebound, uh, is a very good defender at the guard position, one of the smartest players in this entire draft, can, can just score at all three levels of the game, uh, works and it's just a super steady and consistent player. I think he's NBA ready. I think he can come in and make an immediate impact. Reminds me a ton of Malcolm Brogdon. I think uh, he fits so perfectly in that Malcolm Brogdon role. Uh, and though, I honestly, I wouldn't have him as a point guard. I would have him like Malcolm Brogdon uh, was on the Bucks, where he was more of a two guard who can handle the ball and who can play make at times but works best as someone who is an off-ball player who can handle the ball occasionally. That's why I would love him to be on a team like the Hawks because Trey Young can handle the responsibilities as, a pl as the main playmaker, as the main, uh, as the main ball handler, and he could be a secondary ball handler, secondary playmaker, and another scorer on that team. I really like Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's going to be really, really good. I love the Malcolm Brogdon comparison so much, and we – uh, as we should all know, Malcolm Brogdon is a very decent player. Next, and at number six, I got James Wiseman. Now, he does have a lot of things about his game uh, that do worry me quite a bit uh, because he has uh, some concerning things with his basketball IQ. He makes some uh, very, very questionable decisions at times. Uh, he settles for fadeaways way too much. Uh, and he also played a super limited amount of time in college. Literally played three games before he got suspended. So uh, I just don't really know how his skills are going to transition. Uh, he's been someone who's consistently shot uh, a lot, has handled the ball, but he's not really that good at either things. Uh, he's a terrible playmaker, and that's something he absolutely must improve. Uh, uh, his ability to guard in space is very questionable. Uh, he and he just is a pretty raw player still. Uh, and I'm worried he could be a lot like Hassan Whiteside, which I'm very low on Hassan Whiteside as a player. I do not like Hassan Whiteside as a player at all. And just sheerly due to him being a 7'1", 240-pound player, he's going to be in the league for a long time because he's super athletic, can run the floor well, is going re to rebound, set good screens, uh, be a good rim protector. He's going to do all those things, but I... I never think he's going to be a truly star player in the league just because 
Uh, I'm not very confident in his game at all. Even though, again, super high ceiling. I'm worried about his motor. I'm worried about his basketball IQ. Uh, and overall, he just concerns me as a player. Uh, next, I got Denny Avdia. He is an excellent playmaker uh, at the forward position. He's 6'9", 220 pounds. A very good playmaker. Cuts off ball uh, very well. One one of the better off-ball players uh, in the class. Good finisher, has good versatility, works well in the pick and rolls. Played against some high-level competition with him playing some time uh, in the Israel League uh, and the Euro League. He has a uh, good size, uh, and I like his ability on the defensive side of the ball as well. Even though he's not super athletic, he uh, just is very smart on that side of the ball and works pretty hard as well. And he's overall just super well-rounded and can do a lot of different things. Worried about the three-point shot, though. Three-point shot is something that was uh, pretty inconsistent. Also, the free-throw shooting uh, does not give me any good signs about him as a three-point shooter because free-throw shooting has always been a pretty good indicator for how good someone is uh, as a three-point shooter. And he shot 56.6%. That is very, very ugly stuff, but I love his ability to play make. Reminds me a bit of like Gordon Hayward. Uh, an old school comparison is like Tony Kukoc, uh, Hito Turkoglu. Uh, has a bit of like uh, kind of Jetty Osman to his game as well. Uh, just a point forward who has some really intriguing skills. I think he'd be an excellent fit for the, a team like the Bulls. At number four, I got someone who uh, is probably. Uh, lower than most people have him. I have Anthony Edwards. He has a lot of things that worry me a ton about his game. Uh, he is naturally so, so skilled. He is super strong, can handle the ball, can really, really score. But I'm very worried about his motor, and I'm very worried about uh, his IQ, his uh, basketball intelligence as a whole. Uh, because he can take so many bad shots. He does not play hard on defense at all. He has such high defensive potential with his size, with athleticism, but his effort on the defensive side of the ball is absolutely unacceptable. There's so many times where he gets lost, lost off ball, and it's just embarrassing when you know how good he is on the defensive side of the ball just as far as his potential, but he really, really needs to just be a smarter and uh, more skilled player at times. A lot of times he relies too much on that athleticism, and he has so much skill, uh, and he is can be a natural bucky. He could be a player like Victor Aldipo, but he also worries me where he could be a player like Dion Waiters, uh, and that's a comparison that has been thrown out around by a lot of people, and I agree with that uh, a lot. Next, I got Killian Hayes at number three. I feel like he... Uh, is being very slept on by a lot of people. Uh, someone who has a very, very smooth uh, mid-range three-point shot. I really like his form on his shots. Uh, percentages weren't great, uh, but he has a nice step back, and he showed the ability to hit those tough shots. Uh, and he's a very good free-throw shooter as well, which is always a good sign for his ability to shoot. I think that was more of a product of uh, just experience and uh, him having to take a lot of these difficult shots, but I love his play style. I think he can really handle the ball well. I think he's a really, really good playmaker as well. He's a great feel for the game. He's just super fluid, uh, super smooth, and uh, I just love his game. I think uh, he would fit great with both Detroit, Detroit and New York. I've been compared to D'Angelo Russell and Goran Dragic. I think those are both uh, two really good comparisons. Two le two lefties as well. I love the Goran Dragic one, uh, especially a guy who can hit those step backs, a really good playmaker, really good ball handler as well. 
Uh, and I'm just so confident in Kill- uh, Killian Hayes, not to be like a, a necessarily a star level player, but I'm super confident in him to be a really, really good, probably around a fringe all-star type of guy. Next, we have probably my favorite prospect in the entire draft. We got uh, Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, I just love his ability to rebound, to block shots, to roll to the basket. Great lob threat. Uh, he also has good form on his jump shot and has some stretch big potential. Uh, and I'm just so confident in him being a very, very good player. Uh, I'm compared to Bam Adebayo, which is a comparison that does have some pretty high expectations that come with it. And I don't think he's going to be as good as Bam Adebayo. Because if he... If like people were confident he was going to be as good as Bam Adebayo, he would be the clear number one prospect in this draft uh, because of how weak this draft is as far as star-level talent. But he has that similar size to Bam Adebayo, similar strength. Uh, definitely needs to develop his playmaking ability, his ball handling, and that's how he could really take his game to the next level to take it to that Bam Adebayo level. Uh, but I just think he's going to be such a good defensive player. I think he can come in and make an immediate impact for whatever team drafts him. Uh, yeah, I just love his defensive ability. He's very solid on the offensive side of the ball as well. I really hope that three-point shot can develop because if it can, man, he's going to be such a good player. And at my number one prospect, we got LaMelo Ball. Though he scares me a lot that he could be a bust, uh, I'm just so confident in, especially his playmaking to transfer. He is one of the best playmakers I have seen in a long, long time. He is a true wizard with the ball, has excellent vision, throws so many beautiful passes. Also, great ball handler, uh, best playmaker in this draft for sure. Probably best ball handler as well. Has a an incredible floater game that he goes to often. I love his floater game. Works very well in the pick and roll. Uh, has great size for a point guard. Uh, and I just love his playmaking ability so much. I'm so confident in that. Very worried about his shooting uh, because his jump shot is just ugly. It, it needs to be changed. Like, uh it's it's bad the both of his elbows flaring out and it goes in at times and you can have some hot shooting games but it's so inconsistent needs to become more efficient as uh as a player as a whole uh needs to be more engaged on the defensive side of the ball for sure uh but he does have a high ceiling reminds me kind of of like he has a bit of like trey young to his game definitely wouldn't like have that as a one for one comparison at all uh and he definitely has a, one of the highest bust potentials in the draft, but I also th- think he has one of the highest ceilings in this draft. So, yeah, that was my draft big board. Man, that was that took a while. But, yeah, that's my top 75 prospects. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about my 60-pick mock draft. Okay, I'm back to bring you guys my 60-pick mock draft. I'll do my best to get this get through this a little bit quicker than I did the big board because now you know about the players. Uh, you know about their strengths and weaknesses, so I'll just more talk about their fit with the